Long ago, we looked upon a foreboding sky. The memory of the star that threatened all burns eternal in our hearts. In its wake came an age of silence. Yet with each fond remembrance, we knew those encountered were not forgotten. That someday we would see them again. Perhaps it was no more than wishful thinking. But after the long calm, there are now the beginnings of a stir. The reunion at hand may bring joy, it may bring fear, but let us embrace whatever it brings. For they are coming back. At last, the promise has been made. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever podcast episode of the Reunion of Final Fantasy VII Remake podcast. I'm your host, Kairosis, and joining me today is none other than my amazing co-host, Viz. How are you, Viz? I'm fine. Thank you very much for having me join today. So you guys might have already known Viz from his amazing uh, YouTube channel over at Cosmo Canyon Observatory. He's been doing amazing uh, analysis videos on Final Fantasy VII Remake. So yeah, I'm so happy that you're able to join us today on the podcast and uh, just, uh, you know, fit us into your uh, busy schedule that you have. That's completely fine. Thank you for providing me a platform for this and to give me an excuse for talking more about Final Fantasy VII Remake. (laughs) Awesome. So we just want to first go into, I guess, the first uh, part of the podcast. We're talking about what exactly is uh, the podcast about and why did we start the podcast exactly? So yeah, I just, uh, myself, I know that I listen to a lot of really amazing video game podcasts right now. And they're all, they, they do a really great job of covering like a broad range of topics for um, all different sorts of video games. But I just really felt like there was kind of a Final Fantasy VII remake hole that really needed to be filled in the podcast uh, world. I didn't really feel satisfied just hearing about the news about the game. So I really wanted to have other people join the podcast, um, such as yourself, to kind of discuss your thoughts and opinions about the game. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to you, and then, um, like I already said, you created the Cosmo Canyon Observatory YouTube channel, and I thought that we could offer a different way of sending the information about the game through a different medium. Exactly. But not only that, but also uh, cover certain topics that us fans uh, really keep keep us occupied all the time, like not, nothing that is in the news, but stuff that is... Maybe what what were you looking forward to? What emotional moments that there could be and stuff like that. Um, so just I think that we can go into a little bit of background about both of us, um, specifically, you know, focusing on Final Fantasy, the series and how we came to know the series and Final Fantasy seven, you know, in particular. So just as a little bit of background about myself. So 
I have been playing video games for pretty much most of my life since I was young. I had an Atari first, and then after that, my parents did you know, purchase a computer because with, you know, changes in technology and everything, the personal computer came out and I played games on floppy disk on computer. And then it kind of, you know, as I got older, I really wanted to kind of play games on the go, you know what I mean? Which was the new biggest thing, like the Game Boy. And then I had, basically I was obsessed with Pokemon because I just <laughs> thought, you know, it was amazing. And the show indigo league um which was incredible and i was a kid at the time so i was really um really just impressed with that game you know and the turn-based element of that game and um just you know capturing the pokemon and raising them kind of on your own and training them and then i i did have nintendo consoles growing up mostly as you know nintendo consoles are mostly like child appropriate i guess yep. so my parents really focused on you know buying nintendo products uh, for my brother and I. And yeah, so I played uh, PlayStation. My first encounter with PlayStation was playing it at my best friend's house because he had a PlayStation there and I didn't have one. So whenever we, you know, we would hang out after school, he would like turn on his PlayStation and we would play games. Um, and that was really my first introduction into the Final Fantasy series because I never I never played Final Fantasy on the Nintendo console, unfortunately. Um, there, we used to be able to rent games back then, so I would like go to the convenience store and rent games. And a lot of the times, you know, you're looking at the cover of the video game that you want to rent, and it's like, you know, just the one with the bright pictures or something like that. You <laughs> yeah, know what exactly, I mean? Yeah. And then you look at the back of, yeah, and you look at the back, and there's pictures of the games and just like the different like elements, you know, of the game and a little description. I wasn't introduced to Final Fantasy in that. Um, aspect until my friend had uh final fantasy 7 and i went to his house and played it and i didn't actually like i knew it was final a final fantasy game but i didn't know which one it was because i was so young and then later on when i got older i was kind of reintroduced to the series through my friends as well um, because they were super excited that final fantasy 13 was coming out for ps3 um, so then I kind of got on the bandwagon again and was looking at videos and um, just watching trailers and, you know, with the rise of YouTube and kind of uh, Twitch and all that stuff, just kind of got back on board and really dove into Final Fantasy 13. And then I replayed all the backlog, like the back catalog for all the other Final Fantasies, but later. So I have kind of a different experience, I guess, with the series and other people who actually, you know, like played you know, the first one when it actually came out yeah, from the and, beginning, and the yeah. second one, like exactly. So I kind of played, I played seven when I was younger, but I, I did have an appreciation for it, but I don't think that I really understood kind of the gravity of the message or, you know, just, just the overall, just the, just the game in general, like how amazing it was for its time, you know, like I never really had that grasp. I just thought it was beautiful and yeah. Yeah, and I I just um I was really excited for Final Fantasy 15 to come out and obviously when they announced, you know, versus 13, I was super interested, super excited about that because I had sunk so much time into 13, so I was looking forward to it. Um and I did we all were. follow the <laughs> for what it what it was going to be. I mean, I I do appreciate Final Fantasy 15 for what it was and what Tabata was able to kind of 
you know, pick it back up and put it back together, you know, when it was in shambles and what it did, what it was released as I did appreciate it for what it was. And I did enjoy uh, playing it. Uh, I'm, I'm just really happy that it did get finished and it did get released because I was so scared that it wasn't even going to get released eventually. So, and then basically I've just been following the Final Fantasy VII remake since the PS3 tech demo when there were rumors kind of coming out about yeah, right, that, that it one, was, yeah. uh, it was, <laughs> they were remaking it. Like people lost their minds, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, but it wasn't, they was just a tech demo to show what the PS3 could do. Yeah. And that's, that's about it for me. So what about you, Viz? Mm-hmm. All right. So my gaming background also started quite early around five years old, I think, was it? When I first got in contact with Mario Super Mario Land on Game Boy, and that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I wanted to play, but I I couldn't really, and my other friends didn't really want me to play because they wanted to play themselves. <laughs> so yeah, I just had to get through by um, playing at friends' house, playing at my cousins on the PC with all those floppy disk games. But then later, I had some. A few game and watch handhelds. I don't know if you, you guys all know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I I think I might have had some of those, yeah. but I'm not sure if they were like the Nintendo branded ones. They were like the cheaper ones. I'm not sure either which but one yeah. I had. Yeah, those, those were, were those LCD games. Uh, kind of uh, for those who played Kingdom Hearts three, those are exactly those those classic Kingdom games. All right, and then later, I I think it was around eight or nine years old when I managed to save up so much to buy myself a Game Boy with Tom and Cherry. <laughs> that was quite fun. Then a few games more followed, especially Mega Man, Mega Man 2. I was so much into that. And then a bit later, I got an, an SNES, and I played the crap out of them, especially Aladdin, uh, Lion King. Later than uh, Donkey Kong Country, I was obsessed with jump and runs. <laughs> really, yeah, those those were my. I love all of these games. Yes, <laughs> all of these games, and no, no RPGs. I didn't have a, really a clue about RPGs. So then, when I uh, got my PS One for my thirteenth birthday, I guess was uh, I had Rayman and a few other games, and wasn't long before I went to this to our local electronics store in 1997, of course, and wanted to buy a new game. Just went in there. I already bought Tomb Raider like a year before or something, and I found Tomb Raider 2, but also this kind of strange-looking white big box, three discs, with just the word Final Fantasy VII with a meteor on the front, <laughs> and some pretty cool pictures on, awesome. the, on, the, on the back, and it sounded pretty cool, and I thought, well, this sounds nice, but Tomb Raider 2, huh, which one should I get? And I sat there for like 40 minutes. And my friend was like, come on, come on, get it on. She was all ready. But yeah, in the end, I chose, of course, Final Fantasy VII, and I never regretted that choice. Never. Wow. Yes. But it was pretty strange to get from uh, jump and runs and Tomb Raider-like uh, action adventures to a turn-based role-playing game. I had no idea. So this uh, turn-based thing was quite strange. I didn't... What, what can I do here? Oh, I can uh, select attack? Why can't I dodge? Why Why do I have to uh, to get damage and stuff? So, yeah. But that, it, it took maybe one or two hours, and then I really got into it, and I never put it back down. 
this was my re my very first contact with Final Fantasy, and from then on, I played practically every mainline one, and I also uh, played the Yoshi's came out on PS One. The only one I had to skip was Final Fantasy Three, and the online ones because I don't really like playing online games. But other than that, yes, Final Fantasy is my favorite series so far. I have to say that's awesome. I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> And it's also why I, I eventually started um, started my YouTube career because, of course, Final Fantasy VII Remake took uh, took the world by storm, myself included. And the thing was that I started obsessing with uh, where are the splitting splitting points? Where can they split the story? Because it has to be in parts. So what can it can they do? And most of most of the videos I watched wasn't really satisfactory. And then I just thought, well, just do your own. Because I tried to do other uh, other things on YouTube before, like uh, some Guitar Hero stuff and the Let's Play of Final Fantasy XV and World of Final Fantasy. But uh, I knew this this wasn't really for me. It wasn't the, the way I wanted to play games. And then, yeah, I started with this first Game Talk episode. And it's, yeah, went pretty well. Like over a thousand views, pretty fast. And I thought, well, I think that's that's something I can I can do. Then I started with the, the analysis videos, and yes, here I am now. <laughs> All because I chose after forty minutes this game, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Everything because of that choice. I, that's so awesome. Yes. So just like a few things that you just talked about. So yeah. it's quite interesting as well for me. You know, you said that you never even really played an RPG until this game. So I was kind of the same thing. So I also played a lot of platformers being a Nintendo kind of fan. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and I, I only had access to Nintendo uh, games. So I played a lot of a lot of platformers, a lot of, you know, adventure um, and didn't really play um, any RPGs the same until I played Final Fantasy VII at my friend's house. So it's quite interesting that it's the, kind of the same as well. And and yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself and your background with the no series. Problem. And uh, I've been watching your videos on YouTube as well. And yeah, you're doing a really great job. So um, Thanks. <laughs> I just want to say congrats on that. <laughs> Try my best. So um in the uh, synopsis of the episode, and obviously the name of the episode, we decided that we would call it The Promise. And we did put the quote from the original E3 2015 trailer, uh, which we thought was uh, kind of fitting for, you know, what we're trying to do with the podcast and for this episode in particular, because, you know, the term reunion for us is it's the most prominent in the revealed trailer script. So you hear it at the beginning of the podcast. So it brings three instances of a reunion, which would be, number one, the reunion of the characters in the game. Of course, yes. And the reunion of the, you know, the head staff that, that are working on the remake after working on the original, you know, so many years ago, back in 1997, and then coming back once again uh, to the table as different people, you know, as they've, they've grown since then, since 1997, and as well as a fan. So it's kind of a reunion for us as well as fans of the original game we're coming back a reunion trifecta so to speak <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly and we're coming back you know once again as fans of the game and we're all excited to get back into the this game that we that we love in the world and the you know the characters that we know and love so much and the promise 
it's a promise i feel like to the fans that the the game is finally being made you know like after so many years of fans just kind of advocating for the game you know to be made and and kataze coming out and saying you know if there's if the fans want it you know like we might make it and then finally coming out and saying yes we're making it and we're making a promise to you to make sure you know that we bring you 100% fresh Final Fantasy 7 game with updated graphics and gameplay elements and kind of bringing it to a new generation but also catering to the old school audience like us who grew up with the game and and just kind of honoring it for what it is but also bringing it up to date for a new generation any any thoughts about that <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's because uh, it, it is the reunion is probably the major theme of the whole reveal uh, procedure. They use it everywhere. Also, Aerith's flower, the lily, is also uh, mm-hmm. re- means reunion in the language of flowers, the yellow yellow flower. So the reunion thing is everywhere. It's bringing everyone together, and as you said, the promise. It's really not just a promise, but also a commitment to bringing the best quality possible for both old and new fans. And this is also what we are trying to do with this podcast. Promise to bring you fresh remake news and discussions and whatever you guys want us to talk about. Yeah, perfect. I I, I totally agree. I, I just can't wait to play it now. Like I, I just... <laughs> Like, you know, I'm just waiting and waiting and I'm just on the internet. Like, literally, I just leave a tab open on my browser and I'm like playing video games or I'm doing something else. And I, or on my phone, I'm always checking online for any, you know, piece of uh, news at all that's coming out about the game. Because I just, at this point, I I really just want to play it and kind of dive back into that world and get back, you know, with those characters um, after so many years. And just feel that nostalgia. I just, I just, I'm super excited. I can't wait. <laughs> Same, yeah. And the nostalgia factor is really a thing. And also, from whatever, for all the all the uh, footage we've seen so far, they're really trying hard to marry marry the nostalgia with uh, new elements. And I think so far they're succeeding. I think so too. I have confidence in them. Mm-hmm. Like I. I I, I do, you know, and it, it's the original team. So I'm like, not all of the people on the team are the original, you know, no, of people not, yeah. that were working on the game back in the day, but they do have new, uh, you know, staff members that are working on it that, you know, this is their favorite game, mm-hmm. their Final Fantasy game and their favorite game. And the original, you know, director and producer. I, I just can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Same here. So I just want to go on to the next part of the podcast. So we're talking a little bit about, you know, what we both love most about the original and just some points about what we're looking forward to the most in the remake. Yep. So I, you know, as I mentioned previously, um, Final Fantasy VII is the first, you know, proper JRPG that I've actually ever played. And I was just completely blown away by the cutting edge graphics. you know, at the time they they were cutting edge, you know, and the the cinematic scenes that played because, you know, playing coming from Nintendo console um, at the time, you know, they didn't have these kind of broken up story scenes that were, you know, in CGI um, 
at the time. Like it was like a huge thing when the PlayStation came out that it was able to kind of play these movies um, in between, you know, the the parts of, like story elements of the game. I just remember that that was a huge uh, deal for just just me and and my friends just in the in you know being in our group of friends and talking about video games at school and stuff and you know somebody had a playstation and we were just talking and i was just like i couldn't believe that it could do that like it could actually just play these cinematic cutscenes, <laughs> <laughs> which is like it just blew my mind for the time and just the design in the of the game you know and the and the characters it's just absolutely incredible i just love just the personas and of the of the characters you know and they're so i find them so relatable because you know a lot of them are flawed characters everybody really you know i guess strikes a chord with characters that do have flawed backgrounds you know because we're not all perfect we all have our own struggles in life completely and, agree um, yeah. yeah and i just really um felt kind of a um, connection with the characters um playing through the game and the battle system, I love the battle system. The materia system was amazing. Um, just the limit breaks, just everything, everything. <laughs> the attack anim- <laughs> the attack animations, just the summons. Like, I-, I couldn't even believe that you could, this was even possible in a video game. Like, you can just summon this amazing, amazingly, like, super-powered being into battle that would just fight. It's just insane just insane at the time at the time yeah and along comes final fantasy 15 with the i know huge, huge version since even more grand <laughs> yeah uh, and the story as well it was very captivating uh, to me and just the way that the game handled more tough themes like just not really controversial themes but just tough themes to kind of portray and just talk about even just like corruption and oppression and class struggle and abuse like this game was released in 1997 you know what i mean mm-hmm. and times were different then so just them to be able to take on all of those different elements in one game was just so admirable i thought it was just absolutely incredible um and the music too was just insane just probably my honestly my all-time favorite music in any video game i think and just the most memorable for me because i always remember like i always remember most of the themes anyway like just and then also what i was doing in the moment when i played them and how i felt you know and i know that's partly nostalgia coming back and bringing back the feelings for me and and that but i just i don't know i just remembered i just remember them all just because they're so incredible so the music for me is is a huge point as well. Mm, same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and what about you? Um, what did you think about, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, the original and what do you love most about it? Um, I can only second everything you said so far, but I have to like add a few things to the music. The music itself, I find it so compelling because it's really memorable composition. It has... Uh, many many light motifs that you can uh, easily recognize and associate to the uh, environments and locations they're playing at and also the the connection between the events they're playing and the music itself it's it creates a coherent whole that just won't let you go it's it, it stays with you it's uh 
it exerts emotion it uh it makes you feel something that's that's uh what's something that nobuo uematsu really had had a gift <laughs> for to to elevate the whole storyline the events the characters with his music that's uh, that's probably why i also also usually covered final fantasy songs on uh for my for my guitar hero remixes <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, they're really really good good basis uh, a good basis for uh working with because they have su- such a, a concise theme and composition it's not just some so- something atmospheric it's right yeah, on point so so to speak yeah and about the themes that's also something that's really intriguing and compelling and s- some of the themes are even 22 years later, really timely, like the, the terrorism stuff and uh, other things like uh, systematic oppression. Cross-dressing is also still mm, not completely welcome in all places. And the prostitution, mental illness is always a uh, problem. Loss of identity. Yeah, There's so many themes that many of us can uh, can. Uh, identify with at some level or maybe you had some experience with uh, part of those themes and it's it gets real personal at times i guess for some people and that they they dared to tackle those themes is really admirable i must say and something else that probably uh was a drawing point for most most of the young uh, young people is that the character with a badass sword who just plows through everything? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of the, the typical gamer's power fantasy. You have a big sword, you can kill everything with it, and you're just a real badass. And what I also love about this is um, Cloud itself is just by himself. It's no nothing different than just the average average guy who just wants to make a change and. Uh, his fake persona, so to speak, is kind of what we put over ourselves when we're playing. We're uh, putting ourselves into a role of a badass. That's that is what Cloud himself is doing. So it's even a closer connection to between player and Cloud. That's that's probably what I think worked so well. Probably also why so many people love Cloud as a character. And as you said, the cast. It was very, very diverse. So many different cast, different cast members. Like, come on, mm-hmm. stuffed stuffed toy with a robot on top, with an AI or something, <laughs> whatever it is, and uh, wolf-like sentient being. <laughs> it's just uh, they pr- they practically had everything. So that's also something that's uh, quite memorable in a in a world that, uh, yeah, it's quite close to our own. Just with uh, mixed mixed timelines, <laughs> new and old uh, technology mixed together. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to say something before? Uh, is it? Yeah. No, I just agree with okay. everything that you're saying. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. <Okay. laughs> I'm just so excited to see what they do with the music in the in the remake, and I know that we've heard a few updated versions, you know, mm-hmm. of um, some of the themes and the trailers and everything like that. Between trailers, I've heard 
varying things. So I'm not sure, you know, what they're actually going to sound like at the end, like when in the when they're in the final version of the game. But what I've heard so far, uh, you know, I'm super happy with. Mm-hmm, same, yeah. They've updated them and orchestrated them, which is, you know, absolutely incredible. I'm really excited to hear the music. Especially that not only the music, but also all the, the places that are sometimes really... Uh, I don't really know how to describe something like the Forgotten Capital. It's just something out of the out of this world. There are so many, so many places that I'm really looking forward to seeing in... Uh, in full HD and 3D glory, because the original had mm-hmm. just pre-rendered stuff, which looked beautiful, but you could only see them from one angle. That's kind of exactly. a shame. Yeah. Exactly. I'm interested to see what they're going to do in that aspect. Like, we haven't really seen too much of, I guess, exploration. Practically nothing, yeah. Anyway, so that, go- that, that, goes that brings us to the next, next yeah. part of our... <laughs> Which is we're starting to talk about, uh, which is, I guess, what we're looking forward to uh, the most in the remake. So what I'm most excited about, you know, I I really just want to play the game right now. (laughs) I've been waiting for so long. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Everything we've seen so far, honestly, I'm I'm, like I said, I'm pretty happy with. I have confidence in them that it's going to be amazing. You know, there is part of me that's kind of cautiously, you know, optimistic. I just don't know. But I just feel like that my excitement and my confidence in them outweighs any of that. You know, obviously, there's always something where we're like, oh, gosh, like, are they going to keep, you know, certain thing, quirky things that were in the original? They might just update those. That's probably especially in some of the conversations with the mistranslations Mm -hmm. and like the just the awkwardness or they might keep that, you know, because that's what made it so kind of quirky and like amazing it's also one of my my and probably most fans biggest fear that they as it is more modern and probably more uh serious that they lose the quirky uh, side of things but in Mm -hmm. the latest trail we've seen so many hilarious and quirky uh parts that i'm not really scared of that anymore so i'm I'm pretty sure they uh, know what they're doing as far as uh balance and humor and seriousness goes yeah, I'm also interested to see how they extend the stories. You know, they said they wanted to kind of dive deeper into the history and the backgrounds of the characters. Some of the characters that didn't get a, enough screen time or they did just because of the the technological limitations of the time in 1997, you know, they could only they had to pick and choose who they were going to focus on and I'm just excited to see, you know, what they're going to add, I guess, or maybe, you know, the stories already existed. It's just that at the time they couldn't fit them into the original game. So, you know, some people are saying that they're extending the stories, but they're afraid that they're going to, that's going to like ruin the characters. But I'm, I think that it's just the original stories that they always had and I'm sure they're adding new things, but they probably, it's just what they've always wanted, but they just couldn't fit in. And they just kept their ideas for all of these years, you know, and now they're like, we're actually, we can add these things in, we can extend, you know, we can show more about Jesse Biggs and Wedge or, exactly. you know, some of the other characters as well that didn't really get the time they deserved, I guess, in the original. Yeah, there were also so many cut scenes that they either changed or cut out outright. Um, there's mm-hmm. a really great uh, 
collection on YouTube uploaded by Shedam from the uh, livestream.net community. Okay. And there are already, already some scenes that uh, we never got to see. And they're probably also trying to incorporate all those, I'm, I assume, at least mm-hmm. parts of it or uh, take ideas from there and work it in some in some way. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty confident they're trying to to stuff in just everything they they tried to before and couldn't and even more. Yeah, exactly. I I feel the same as you. Just thinking about you know what Kataze felt and Nomura kind of felt, you know, what was necessary to add, you know what I mean? I'm just just to kind of achieve their ultimate vision, I guess, of what the game could have been in 1997. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to kind of think, you know, like I'm just excited to see what they thought was necessary to add to kind of make it uh, their ultimate game and, you know, see their vision, their ultimate vision actually created. Um, I'm also excited about the soundtrack, obviously, and we talked about the music Mm -hmm. um, already. Just the quality of music, you know, in in a final version of the game, I'm just so excited to see what they do with a lot of the themes um a lot of them were obviously i mean it was all you know like electronic like trip tune kind of thing like at the time um but i'm just interested to see if they leave some of that if they have like you know synthesizers with those sounds still or if they're gonna like axe all of the you know the fake kind of sounding instruments and just replace them with all orchestrated instruments like real symphony orchestra um from what we've heard so far we've we do have a lot of um you know, orchestra music, they've updated it. Um, but most of the tracks, I yes, think so. actually, yeah, I think they do have electric guitar in one of the songs. We're going to talk about that a little bit later um, that we heard. Mm-hmm. But um, from what I can remember anyway, um, are they going to create new themes? Obviously, I'm thinking that they're going, they're going to because they're extending the game and the game is going to be so large that they probably don't have, you know, enough music to fill up the whole game if it's a whole game and it's just in midgar then yeah they're not going to replay the same (laughs) themes over and over again i'm sure they will but do you know what i mean like just only songs from the original so i'm excited to see you know if jesse's going to get her own theme or pigs and wedge going to get their own theme or Mm. you know um which is going to be amazing Um, i'm super excited to see that and just to be able to play the game in you know hd uh, I have a PS4 Pro and I bought a 4K TV. So like last year, so I'm super stoked just to play it <laughs> I bet. on my huge TV in my living room in in 4K. But it, I know it's checkerboard 4K, but that's fine. I don't care. I just want to see it in all of its glory in my living room. I just can't wait. Same, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um. I also have a few points like uh, what we also a little bit uh, talked about was the new mm-hmm. new scenes, new stuff they they are adding, and we already saw quite a few expansions. Like, uh, of course, those uh, specters, the guardians of fate, that we don't really know what they are. I made right. I made my mm-hmm. prediction. Don't know if that pans out, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, though. Yeah, of course, for sure. <laughs> this is one big change, and they 
Mm-hmm. Also, the battle against Reno is completely new. The battle right. against Root and, of course, uh, seeing Root so early is also completely new. And I'm really uh, excited how excited to see how the how they work that in with uh, the rest mm-hmm. of the narrative. Because the, so, some some changed scenes will have some repercussions, I guess. So I'm really excited to see that. And we also have seen a completely new side mission by Avalanche with Cloud, Chessy, Biggs, and Wedge. Mm-hmm. This is incidentally right. uh, the next in, the ne- in my next game analysis video, where I show the whole side mission, what it contains, why it's, I think it's a coherent side mission. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll have to wait maybe almost a week until it's ready because I. Because <laughs> you're very yeah, busy. B- busy, and there's so much to do, and so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a live stream that has come along, there's this podcast, there's uh, other things, and the Discord, and it's really hard to balance everything. Mm-hmm. But that, it's okay. but neither here nor there. <laughs> Well, we yeah. all appreciate yeah. what you're doing you. and all of your hard work. Yeah, and I'm so glad <laughs> for, that you guys you know, the are... the Final Fantasy VII, yeah. the remake community. Yeah. Um, sorry, what were you going to say? Sorry. <laughs> no problem. I was just going to say that I'm really glad that you guys wait because I'm always, when I have to uh, postpone something or that when a, w- a video takes longer than anticipated, I'm always uh, kind of feel bad for every one of you that you have to wait some more. And this, uh, I should try and stop that <laughs> because it's usually not, not, not a problem. It's only a problem yeah. when I'm not done yet and there's new footage. That's right. That's I know. And then you have to go back and you're like, oh my gosh, like, yes, <laughs> am I going to add this in? That's going to take more time. And then people are waiting. Yeah. But I have, yeah, I have, I totally I have ideas that. for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And the other big thing I'm really stoked for is, uh, well, most of that uh, won't be in this first game, but seeing all those uh, very interesting locations in full HD and fully realized, not just disconnected single screens, like as as I said before, right. the Forgotten Capital and especially the Temple of the Ancients w- with this uh, Escher-like room and all this weird weird puzzles. Gold Saucer, of course, the, the Northern Cave, how that this will look. This is so much to look forward to. And not only locations, but also all the enemies. Just imagine we had this very, very strange enemy called Hellhouse, <laughs> which everyone is talking about. <laughs> yeah. And, oh my god, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Many people have all, already theories how they could work this in. And right. I'm so excited to see that in action. And did they say that they're not going to have every single enemy? Because I feel like I've read that somewhere. They said that they can't promise that they will include every single enemy, but they were yeah. they're sure adding new ones, new bosses. Okay. But so yeah, far... Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, exactly. But so far, every enemy they showed were uh, practically 100% replicas just in mm-hmm. uh, full HD from the original, like the security officers we had the monodrive in the in the reactor we had the shock trooper which was the grunt in the original right we had the the sweeper uh there's also the the grass strikes in the tunnels those uh weird insect likes 
then uh, the how, how how is it called this this little pink thing with the green pincers the I can't remember the name, which was in the <laughs> along with the Dean. Me either. It's uh, okay. Along with the Dean glow in the train graveyard, which also brings right. me to the ghosts, which were revealed two days right. two days ago. No, three days ago. Yeah. Yeah, people were trying to figure out if that was just artwork uh, or if it was. Pretty sure it's um... not because so so many elements look like three D renders, and there those two ghosts ha- have identical um, models and textures. And right. It looks too perfect to be an artwork. Yeah, I thought it was a screen capture from the game. Like, it was like yeah. a screenshot of the game. Yeah, some people, and myself included, think that it's a product of photo mode. Which is why they don't oh. have UI on there. Hmm. But of course, they can all... Kind of like what we had in Final Fantasy XV. Like... Yeah, just better. <laughs> More in the line <laughs> of Uncharted 4 and Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, Dawn's of course. Stuff. Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn's photo mode yes. is amazing. Yes, yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm interested, same, just to see the enemies and, um, you know, how they incorporate them into the the game and how they're going to update them, if they're going to leave the same ones and the new ones um, as well. Mm. What's also very interesting is that uh, some normal enemies get turned into mini-bosses or even full-on bosses, maybe. Right, like what was seen with uh, the sweeper was uh, kind of a oh, right. bigger battle, mm-hmm. and of course the uh, the Eligor in the train graveyard. It lo- really looked like a boss battle there. So that's also something to look forward to. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how. I guess they changed that. You know what I mean? Like how they because in the game it was like a battle. Mm. The original game, it was a battle, but it wasn't like necessarily a boss battle in the original game, you know? Mm. So the options are limitless. Like they can turn these, just some of these normal enemies into like mini bosses, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of give them, diff- like upgrade their abilities or make them, you know, more difficult um, to fight against. So it's more of a challenge, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some of the, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for me because you uh, mentioned mm-hmm. everything else I also wanted to say. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll be chatting about Final Fantasy VII Remake news and our thoughts about if and when we might get more info about Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake and all that and more after this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the reunion of Final Fantasy VII Remake podcast. My name is Kairosis, so if you're just tuning in now, this is our first episode called The Promise, and joining me today is none other than my amazing co-host, Viz. And our next segment we're moving on to is uh, news and info about uh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. So 
we're just going to recap some things, um, I guess, that happened in the past weeks. Um, obviously, it's November now, um, and some of these things, you know, happened in October. Originally, we were supposed to record a few weeks ago, but I unfortunately, I got ill, and um, I'm just starting to feel better now. So, yeah, so some of these things obviously are out there. You guys probably already know about them, but I uh, just wanted to kind of chat with Viz about some of these you know, details that were released about the game. So this week we had um, Paris Games Week. So is it over? Is it happening right now? I think it's happening right now. I don't I have the dates for that. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure from when to when it uh, takes place. I should have looked that up before. <laughs> right, same. Oh, well. Um, but yeah. we did get a French version of the E3 2019 trailer, um, and it featured the official French... Uh, voice cast as of now no new info were released was released sorry um just the same info at you know all the other gaming conventions that we've seen so far i think that um it's kind of controversial just like the french voice cast like people were just talking about it basically i i just reading like some of the comments and stuff some people some people are happy with the french voice cast some people are not happy with the french voice cast um that's the same i've heard yeah yeah, I did go back and I listened to the Japanese trailer and the English trailer. And to be honest with you, like the timbres of the voices are very similar um, across the board. So, you know, just just what their voices sound like, like really Barrett's voice is like low and then we've got Aerith is more like a high pitched voice. It's kind of the same across all all three. So, yeah, uh, so that's pretty much all we got out of uh, Paris Games Week. Square Enix Japan YouTube channel um, did release a 13-minute uh, short film, and it did not feature any new uh, game footage, but it was a short story about Final Fantasy VII and the nostalgia there. And um, I don't know if you want to go into a little bit of detail about what the trailer was about. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, I watched the original none with without subtitles and tried to understand a few things uh, and with the help of automatic subtitles which were which were by the right. way quite hilarious oh yeah i <laughs> automatic know automatic subtitles are crap when but you turn that on it's like not i yeah, you're, you're only getting bad. like pieces of like what because the words don't make sense so you're just kind of like yeah exactly yeah but it helped me a little bit more to understand the gist of it anyway and then of course as as with the internet, there's someone who mm-hmm. added most of the subtitles. I watched it just before this podcast, which uh, filled a, uh, a few holes I had still. But uh, the gist of it is that it's about um, a couple, boyfriend-girlfriend. He has never touched or heard about Final Fantasy VII before. Uh, and she never played it, I think, but she watched uh, her brother play mm-hmm. all those years ago. But uh, the, <clears throat> their dad died uh, around eight years ago, and uh, she hasn't seen him ever since. And the boyfriend also keeps hearing about the Final Fantasy VII remake at work, because his boss and uh, some other co- uh, colleague keep talking about it. And then he also talks with his girlfriend about it, and she, she thinks that he kind of looks like Cloud. Oh right, yeah. And she wanted him to look up the pictures, and he, and he then said, "Not interested." <laughs> she, oh, you are a cloud. Wow, it's, just, it's pretty funny. Right. And then, yeah, he was at work, uh, looked at the pictures, and he, he thought, "Yeah, 
not bad, not bad. And then they met at the bar. And he, the boyfriend was talking about uh, what he heard. And he, he said something. His boss mentioned the nights of, nights of something like that. And then uh, he couldn't remember. And then another guest uh, shouted, nights of the round and blah, blah, blah. And they get <laughs> to get into con- conversation. And he, he slams the uh, Final Fantasy VII Ultimate strategy guide on the table and said, look here, Knights of the Round. This is practically my Bible. And they talk a bit. And, <laughs> That's um, amazing. The, the other guest notices that the girl has, um, has experience in the Final Fantasy VII and asks her what, uh, which environment she liked the most. And uh, she said, yeah, the Forgotten Capital, where Aerith and Sephiroth, and then he cuts mm-hmm. her right off there as to not to spoil it for uh, the new guy here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's pretty intense, but uh, really funny. And then when when he goes off, he uh, like uh, dribbles off in little uh, little steps and uh, hums the chocobo theme, <laughs> like his uh, as if he's riding off uh, on a chocobo. It's pretty strange this, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> and what was it then? Yeah, that was uh, he the the, the boyfriend looked at the trailer for the Final Fantasy VII Remake, wanted to know what the fuss is all about. And then they kind of showed how this game brings everyone together, like uh, mm-hmm. the, the boyfriend knows about this and he wants to buy a PS4 so that he can uh, play it together with uh, his girlfriend when the remake arrives. The, the girlfriend has contact with uh, with her brother again, thanks to the remake, and and the guys at work keep talking about it, and it's it's it's, it's a really feel good story about just nostalgia and how it feels for someone that doesn't really know anything about Final Fantasy VII and gets to know some uh, or, or gets to experience it right. uh, anew with the help of others. So it's uh, that's so awesome. It's a, quite a nostalgia trip, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really. I really enjoyed the video and it struck a chord with me to, you know, just watching it and then coming into this series, I guess not, you know, when it originally, mm-hmm. I, I mean like Final Fantasy um, series in general. in general. Yeah. Just like getting into it, like everybody else, when they played the first one, when the first one came out, you know, like I kind of um, relate to, you know, the, the, the guy in the video, just because everybody around me, is just talking about you know this game and how amazing it was <laughs> and whatever and i'm like do you know what i mean just exactly, and then experience yeah. experiencing it myself you know later on and then realizing yeah it's like absolutely incredible and i can only you know i have my own nostalgia playing it um from when i was younger but other people just the nostalgia they must have is so huge you know what i mean just and they're so excited I'm already so excited to, you know, to play this game. And then also just the tie into the story elements there where everybody is kind of like asking him to kind of play the game. And then he's like, oh, no. And then, you know what I mean? Then he actually yeah. does do it. And it's kind of like everybody's building him up. It's kind of like, you know, they say, oh, well, you're you look like cloud and everything like that. And it's <laughs> kind of stubborn. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because <laughs> like at the beginning, everybody thinks cloud is like an ass, right? Like just. Because he's just short with everybody and he's just mm. like, I mean, it's kind of funny how they kind of made it kind of like, you know, them they relate. 
yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a really great video. And also shout out to there was a user that um, translated it. I did read the translation. Um, and uh, thank you so much for that um, on the subreddit. All right. So earlier last month, we did have EGX uh, London happen. People on the subreddit were posting pictures of themselves holding the Buster Sword, which I thought was incredible. It was so awesome. And I'm super jealous that I haven't been able to go and see, like, play the demo or hold the Buster Sword. Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 7KG, which is, like, in Canada, we use, I'm from Canada. So in Canada, we have pounds. Um, so it's, like, 15.43 pounds. So it's it's just funny because there's a sign that says how to hold it properly so that you don't damage it because mm. somebody probably did drop it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> like I can just imagine, you know what I mean? Like there's like staff, Square Enix staff just like standing around and then like somebody drops it and they're mm. like, oh my God. Not only that, oh if my... someone tries to do the victory pose, that exactly, exactly. Might, might get people killed. <laughs> Try, yeah, like trying to... <laughs> I mean, it's pretty smart, you know what I mean, to like mm. just film film you doing that, you know what I mean, with it, and then posting that on social media. You'd probably get so many views, but like somebody probably tried and then like hurt themselves or dropped it or something. So then they had to like put the <laughs> the warning there. Mm. Um, yeah, or maybe it just says, precaution. I have the picture on here. It says the Buster Sword is very heavy, weighing seven kg. Please be careful if you lift if you lift it as we don't have any spare potions. Oh. <laughs> Please do not swing Buster Sword or try to perform a cross slash. That's great. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. And thanks to user Felix O'Shea from these uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake subreddit for that picture. Thank you. Shout out to you. Um, and there was no new info about the game. Just a lot of people were able to play the demo and people were sharing that on the subreddit which um, I check regularly, so. Yeah, same here. <laughs> so some old news. PAX Australia happened um, early in October. Um, something interesting was somebody said that on the subreddit that they, I, I looked back to see who this was. I couldn't find the user, but um, it said that they played the demo and they let their party die and they actually got a game over screen. So it doesn't appear like, the healing like the cheating kind of heal in final fantasy 15 is in this one but this is a demo so i'm not sure what's going to happen in the final version of the game when we actually get it but i don't know yeah, what I'm would you rather pr- i was going to yeah. ask you what would you rather you know what i mean uh, like for me, yeah, right. <laughs> i would rather it just get a game over screen um, of course yeah That's you know like enough. i don't want to have um do you know what i mean like how you could get like what happened in 15 was you would just like walk around even though you had like zero hp do you know what i mean and yeah, then they would come and heal you dangerous, back dangerous so, state. Yeah, yeah it was stasis or whatever if you used all your mana right so then you couldn't yeah, stasis then you couldn't cast ma- mana and warp around and then when exactly. you exactly zero hp the max hp started to drop and if you took damage mm-hmm. in that danger state the max damage took uh, a hit and if max damage Max HP reached zero. Right. The character was dead, and you had to use a Phoenix down. So, but uh, as long as Noctis wasn't right, well, even if he was down, you, you I think you, you had still like move around. Five, I think though, 
in no? danger state, yes. But if oh, okay. not, this is max HP reach zero, I think you had like five seconds or so to go into your oh, inventory and, okay. and use a phoenix down on yourself. And this is, was pretty cheap. So it was as long as you had items, it was impossible to die. And I also I've had seen... the carbuncle summon because I got the ultimate collector's edition. Oh, right. That came right. With that. Was, yeah. So what happened was like when I would almost, when I would be dead pretty much, like it would just auto. I'm uh, pretty all, sure all it would just yeah. auto summon the carbuncle mm. and it would just bring me back to life, like um, with that HP, full HP cheap, or yeah. something. <clears throat> which they are releasing a carbuncle um, summon for um, different versions of the game for this. So I'm not sure if that's what that's going to be or if you actually. I don't think so. Well, hopefully so my, not. My prediction... That's my opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, my prediction is the following that. Uh... You have HP. If it drops to zero, that character is uh, incapacitated, can't do anything. And if you have other characters that still live, they can uh, toss a phoenix down. Right. But if all the characters reach zero HP, mm -hmm, it's game over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uncompromised. Yeah. And the Carbuncle, uh, it was also a summon in Final Fantasy VIII. And I think it cast Reflect on the party. I'm right. not sure. But I think it's just uh, think like so, a support yeah. summon that's cast reflect right. or whatever on you or even heals you a little i don't think it's uh it's a cheat mechanism to overcome death i'm pretty sure they mm -hmm. they know how to yeah how exactly to this uh... also the original didn't have any such uh, re uh revive cheats so i don't no, think exactly they exactly yeah i'm just thinking for new players though you know what i mean that played 15 that had that option and then like playing the remake it doesn't have that you know what i mean oh. I'm, I'm just thinking about the new people as well like for me i don't want it because i've played them i've played fun mm -hmm. of fantasies i know how to use a phoenix down like i know that you know like because you have to watch your hp bar constantly like if mm -hmm. you're playing you know what i mean like your your party's hp bars because if you don't and you get sidetracked then a lot of the enemies too, like they um, might have um, like charged attacks where like they're charging up over time. And if you don't d uh, defend or, you know, have high HP, then it'll just destroy your whole party like in one shot and then you're just dead. So that's that was my thought process. Like I was just thinking about, you know, people coming in that mm, right. didn't play it before. So I don't know. It's interesting to see. I don't think that they, I think they're, I don't think they're going to have it. I think that, um, because the original didn't, but I'm just thinking about like other people, um, you know, coming yeah. into that, um, that just had that and now it's not there, but, um, it'll well, be interesting um, to see. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But new people can always, uh, switch to easy mode or classical mode if they're oh, yeah, that's not true. comfortable. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's one. And the other, uh, reasoning for, uh, not not having game cheesed with a uh, carbuncle or whatever mm -hmm. is well if you just happen to die then well you didn't play well enough and then just try again exactly it's the learning process. exactly you just too many process. games yes. employ yeah too many games employ cheap cheap tricks or cheap mm -hmm. uh features that gets you through everything and i don't like that so Same. certain games just need to uh teach a player how to play properly and uh mm -hmm. don't uh, keep the held hand holding yeah, I Maybe agree. in the beginning, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so moving on. So just um, the official uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Twitter account. 
they've been posting um, quite a bit of content. So the latest thing we saw was a short video um, showing off Tifa's Somersault Limit Break, which mm -hmm. um, obviously we've seen the, lim the Limit Break before in um, the, I think it was the Abzu yep. um, fight. Abzu and boss then, battle, yeah. Yes, the boss battle um, from Tokyo Game Show, TGS. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but this was a new uh, part of the game, I think, that we'd never seen before with new uh, music. We did. The part was the same as seen in the State of Play trailer. Okay. And also in, uh, in the e uh, E3 trailer, because uh, it's the same battle against uh, the Grass Strikes, those right. uh, insect thingies in the, uh, I think it was uh, Sector 5 subway. Okay. Where uh, in the state of play trailer, Barrett and Cloud used their limit breaks against it. And this is exactly the same. Uh, okay. Same it was just that the background, like the environment looked a little bit different. It might be like, it's not that it looked different. It's just that it had like more railing and like other things in the background. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, just a different, different like, angle. Yeah. yeah, like a different yeah. angle or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then it featured a new piece of music, I guess, that we've never heard before. Um, yep, some people were speculating that it was a new updated version of Lurking in the Darkness, which played during the tunnel section of the game. Mm -hmm. um, but then you said that it sounds kind of a little bit like Trails of Blood or... Has elements of it, yeah, could be. But the thing is, it's hard to say because firstly, is it, it's a battle track mm -hmm. and probably also heavily remixed and... I listened to Lurking in the Darkness, I listened to Trails of Blood, and also listened to Hurry, which also has a few elements in it which could fit, but it's such a short span and not really a distinct part mm -hmm. of this new track that it's really hard to tell if it's something new or it's a battle track for a track we already know. So we right. have to see, I guess. Yeah, like it could be like a different part of a song we already heard, but like a different mm. part of it, like later, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um they posted a video um showing gameplay as well like earlier um earlier on I think it was last month um like m the end of October mid October I guess. Um, see, yeah. Be, yeah. That was the new section of the bombing mission theme so it was like gameplay showing Cloud's limit break but it did have a new section of the bombing mission theme which mm -hmm. was amazing. Loving the new the direction with the music. I love it. Yeah, definitely. And then we just had, you know, they put the official box art up there, which I really like. There was some uproar, I guess, in the European community because it's not like the OG, which was just a white background with the text logo. How do you feel? Yeah, about that's that? a little like, bit. How do you feel? Because I mean, you're in Europe, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, me personally, I don't really mind because it's it's not just a remaster; it's a completely remade game. So mm -hmm. if the cover is also different. I don't really mind, but uh, I also liked the black background with the remake logo. I do. I would too, have been yeah. uh, satisfied with just that. But well, if there's there's a city and the guy with the huge huge ass Buster Sword on his back, <laughs> it probably sells a little bit more copies because the people who do, don't really know about this and see this cool picture, they might mm -hmm. even buy the game because of that, that cool picture and the things that uh, stay behind. It's maybe a little bit an eye catcher but then again you could also argue that just a single color background with just the logo is also an eye catcher because every every other game has 
mostly a quite busy uh, cover with many characters or things on, on top of it. So I can see both both sides of the argument. Mm -hmm. Same. Yeah, I understand from both points of view. Just because people that grew up with the original game, you know, mm. it's not as nostalgic as it could be because it's not the exact same cover of the the original game in you know when it came out in 1997 in Europe. But it's also not the exact same game, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. It's not the same game, and. Times have changed too, you know, when you're trying to, you know, they want to sell as many copies as possible. And I know, like you said, I totally agree with you about having cloud actually on the cover, I think is going to help with that. Something as simple as that, because people, you know, that have a Switch or whatever that play Smash Bros. So kids will recognize them from that and they might look at it and be like, oh, this is a, this is a game that has cloud in it. So I'm going to buy it or I want it. So they ask for parents, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah. Plus the fact that you get to see, because people recognize cloud as cloud and maybe not as much like what the game is about or what what the game is, I guess. Like if you just know of him as a character and if you see it on there, you might be interested in, in playing it. Um, yeah, but I agree with you with the with the gaming covers, um, like game covers now, for example, like they are they are quite busy like they have a lot of things on them the title and then sometimes the characters of the game with a background or something you know what i mean exactly, so yeah. it's like it's mm -hmm. not just like plain and when i like i said earlier like when i was young like i would go to the store to rent a game because you know we, we could buy games at the store as well but i we used to be able to rent the games and when i went like I was looking at all the games that had all the crazy covers, you know, and this was in exactly, yeah. 1997. Like, I'm sure that the Final Fantasy games were in the store, but I just never picked it up. Like, I just never looked at it. I didn't know what it was. There was no internet. There was no, mm, I didn't exactly. know what, it, what an RPG was. So, like, I was looking at the Nintendo games, but theirs were, the covers were more, like, bright and, like, kitty kind of looking characters. and which captured my sight, I guess, like my imagination, you know what I mean? And mm. the original was just kind of like, it had just like a white background, but with like ours had cloud on it, but yours didn't. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm just saying like, you know, justifying like why. Why cloud is the better choice probably in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> I understand from, from both uh, mm. points of view. They, what they could have done though, is they could have. Oh, reversible. You, yeah. They could have released yeah. a reversible one. That would have been an awesome idea. Mm. Then you just flip it around or whatever on the inside. I know it's on the inside, yeah. you know? Yeah, for those who, who don't want to look at, at cloud all the time. That would have been <laughs> cool. What a great idea. You should write them and tell them. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, with, with all those the digital downloads, you can't change the yeah. cover on the PSN. That's too bad. Overlay, yeah, so that's true. Menu. Digital download. Yeah. I pre-ordered a first-class so edition. Okay. Send help. Cool. Oh, my God. My wallet. <laughs> I have no <laughs> money. <laughs> they haven't taken the money yet. Uh, it's like they take it like a month before uh, the game comes out. But still, I just went and I just canceled my um, deluxe edition at um, the game store, like EB Games. It's basically yep. like games, GameStop or whatever in the States, but here it's EB Games, like in Australia. 
um, just because I, I'm like, I don't need another deluxe edition. Like, do you know what I mean? So I just no. went the guy, For what? <laughs> the guy's like, yeah. Oh man, really? Are you sure you <laughs> want to cancel that? I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Because <laughs> I was like, I, I pre-ordered a first class edition and I don't think he knew what it was. Like, I don't think he understood. And he was like, Probably no, not, he was like, not. oh, you pre-ordered from another store. I'm like, yeah, Square Enix official store. Cause that's the only place that had them. He was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't think he understood, but <laughs> anyways, so I just canceled it. Right. Yeah. Um, so lots of screenshots, materia menu came out. It's been out there for a while. Um, Mm. And already did yes, uh, you did. It was amazing. <laughs> I, I I agree with everything um, that you were saying about the menus. You know, I, I like the menus. Yeah. I think that you know it's really clean. Me too. Yeah. And it's very much kind of brings you back to the old school blue, you know, menu. Mm. I think it's laid out a little bit better, and they fit more information on the menu than what they could in the past. Um, people were kind of, of worse. Exactly. People were hoping that you could change the color. What do you think about that? Do you think they're going to add that in so you can change the color of the menu? <laughs> I was afraid to comment I'm on this sure. like online because I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I just some people like that. They loved that. Like that. They loved that. You know, like they had like well, a bright pink rainbow <laughs> kind of effect. Like people love that. I don't yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Like um, I would welcome it to bring in a little bit of customization, uh, but I'm not sure if they will this time because I'll, it's hard to say. It's hard to say or predict if if it's if it will be a thing or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see any window settings in the options right. menu, so but they could they can also always add it in. That's somewhere. what I was gonna so say. If the game comes out and everybody is like freaking out, they'll probably just add it in. Oh, of course, yeah, with, with a patch or something. But it, I think it would be a pretty cool throwback to just uh, change the the corner colors because mm-hmm. I don't think it will it will be a real, real issue for them to develop that. So don't think it will, it will be a problem. All right, so. Obviously, GamesRadar had their awards, and Final Fantasy VII was awarded Best Hands-On Experience this year, which was awesome. Well earned. <laughs> and thank you to everybody that voted for that as mm-hmm. well. Just moving on, so Japanese voice cast was confirmed recently as well. I think it was three days ago um, via a Facebook forum. I'm not sure exactly what forum. I just pulled this from the subreddit. Um, some of the Advent Children Japanese voice cast are back, so a lot of people are super happy about that. Mm-hmm. You know, because they really adore did, the did... voice actors. Sorry, from the Advent Children uh, film. What were you gonna say? Sorry, didn't they already uh, mention that the they will uh, be coming back in the Japanese? I think that they had mentioned think... yes that they. I think that they had mentioned that. I, I remember. Yeah, something. same, same. I think that there was like a mm-hmm. rumor that they were coming back, but they weren't. Like it wasn't one hundred percent confirmed. So yeah, it wasn't an official. Yeah, exactly. So these, it yeah. was like a picture that was posted on a Facebook forum, and it had like the picture of each character and their names and stuff. Oh, I'm think. Okay. I, I I think this is you know, 
this is uh, legit. So we're hoping. I'm hoping. Mm. But it would make sense because, as far as I know, uh, Japanese voice actors actually uh, keep their the, the assigned role for uh, every medium, every yes movie, TV show that the character uh, character yes. appears yes. in game and stuff. So it's only natural that they keep the same. Yeah, voice I read. Cast. I read. They're still alive that as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's just that because of the English voice cast, I think, you know what I mean? Like what happened yeah, with the English course. voice cast? So people were kind of thinking mm-hmm. that they were going to replace the Japanese, like all the voice casts for all the languages. I think somebody said that yeah, German voices are going to be different than the German voices in um, Advent Children. I think they're going to be different, just like the English. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, people are attached to these voice actors. So I understand, you know, the... I guess when people are just excited to hear, you know, it's the same, the same voices, you know what I mean? Because you grow attached to that, mm. um, to the voices of the characters, because they, you come become familiar with them. So um, for the English cast, yeah, it's, it's also... just, you know, I, I like the work of, you know, all of them. You know, I, I recently watched the Advent Children movie again. I, I appreciated all the work that they did. I thought it was incredible. I, you know, but I'm not like, also, I didn't. You know, I've I've watched it, but I'm like I said, like I have nostalgia, but it's just I'm open to having you know a new voice cast um, act, hmm, you know, here, and, yeah. and it's Square Enix vision about what they want to do with this, you know, with this game. So if that's what they felt like they want to replace the voice acting cast, you know, for a new generation, then you know I'm hmm. I'm down for that. You know, I'm open to that. So. And Aerith also has had like three voice actr- actresses in the mm-hmm. past, so getting a fourth isn't really a new thing for her. Right. But uh, the other ones were, I think, pretty consistent across the board. So, but I, I, I've also heard that uh, many people aren't really that sad that um, Steve Burton mm-hmm. got replaced. Some, some are kind of miffed about it, but most of them didn't really like his uh, voice direction mm-hmm. mostly so and and the new guy does a pretty good job uh how is he called again uh cody something Co- i don't remember but he was also a character on uh, teen wolf right show teen wolf yeah i remember seeing that yeah also the tyler uh Hoeklin, or Hoeklin, how uh, to play Sephiroth also is from uh, Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of curious that the Cloud and Sephiroth <laughs> both come from Teen Wolf. <laughs> it's uh, curious to say the least. Yeah, my thought process is they yeah. just wanted to replace the cast with like a new, like fresh set of voices because this mm. these games are going to spread over time. You know what I mean? And this is just the first mm. part of yeah that too the yeah. game like that's my thought process like it's just the first it's the midgard section of the game and i just feel like maybe they don't even know how long it's going to take them before the next you know part mm. two comes out or the next part exactly, of the game yeah. so they probably wanted to have a younger cast so that they have time mm. to kind of you know even though it doesn't matter like as a voice actor obviously like you always have your voice so you know, the Advent Children cast have aged since it first came out. You know what I mean? A little bit. Yeah, but it's did, just yeah. that it's, you know, they have the same voice. So I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. That's pretty much it for um, 
for news. I just want to kind of speculate with you just about when we might get some new information or another trailer. Um, and, you know, after researching online, I'm just look like I just looked um, at a bunch of different websites and stuff, just looking, you know, kind of gauging what people are thinking and people, you know, are guessing maybe at Jump Festa this year. Um, Square Enix usually has a presence there. It's an anime mm, and manga festival it could be it. Um, in Tokyo. Last year, it took place December 23rd, no, 22nd to 23rd. Um, I couldn't find a 2019 date for it. Hmm. Strange. Like, when I searched 2019, it, now. it showed me, like, last year's Jump Festa, like, this, like 2018, because technically it's still 2018 in December 23rd. Like, it's 2019 in December 23rd, so it's weird. I don't know. I only saw one post about um, it, but... Um, they probably just, just didn't, uh, didn't reveal yeah, the date maybe. yet. I know. But um, Final Fantasy XV did have a presence there um, before it came out, so I'm thinking, mm. who knows? We might get something um, at Jump Festa this year. Um, people were thinking about PSX, but honestly... Sony's been transitioning to doing the state of play videos, so I think exactly. which have been effective, and I don't see them going backwards and doing, you know, a, a PS um, X convention. I'm not sure. Maybe a st another state of play video, maybe um, closer to the date with more info. What do you think? Um, if there was a PlayStation experience this year, I'm sure they would have announced uh, announced it by That's now. True. So I don't think they, there will be one. And <clears throat> Jump Festa is also, it's another Japanese mm -hmm. event, and they were already at TGS, so I don't think they will reveal major news twice in a row in Tokyo. Right. I don't think this will happen. It could be, but I don't think so. Then we have also to Paris Game Week, Games Week, which yes. ends Just, today. Yeah, end today yep. yeah, and we didn't get anything so of course, nothing. <laughs> and I didn't really expect anything because it's too close to TGS. And so far, it uh, seems like they're going in a three-month mm -hmm. cycle, like E3 mm -hmm. was in uh, June. Well, we, we did get uh, the State of Play trailer. This was like a teaser for E3. I don't know. Like the last was E3, then three info months. that we got mm -hmm. was from Sorry? TGS. Exactly, and that's three months after E3, around three months. So when... So that that's, that makes December a likely target, and when we say Jump Festa, probably not, then I think it could be at the uh, Game Awards. Right, yeah, that's December 12th. The December yeah. 12th, exactly, yeah. That's why this, I put that, that could be like Jump new. Festa, because it's in December as well, so I was thinking maybe we might... Mm -hmm. Like you said, they already did TGS yeah. in Tokyo, so... It might be Game Awards. We might get a trailer, or I'm not sure. Did or did, some... did um, 15 get anything from Game Awards? I don't I remember. I don't think so. No, I don't remember either. Because I did uh, watch 15 that closely. Okay, I did, but I didn't really keep this in uh, in my memory i think you're right i think we're going to see something like it's going to be like a three-month cycle until the game comes out i think like you said so i think in december exactly maybe a, mm -hmm. a character reveal i'm not sure 
people are thinking Red 13 or, least... or like uh, at least a gameplay trailer with exploration. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to see some exploration and some more me- uh, menu navigation. Like, just show us a little bit of, of the game, not just uh, snippets, but like a 10 minute game gameplay through maybe walking through uh, slum, uh, Sector 7 slums or something like that. Just show show a little bit how it actually plays outside of battle because currently we only have seen battles and a little bit of the uh, reactor traversal, but this isn't really anything too exciting. Yeah, I, so, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I'm ready that. for some some of that. And some people are kind of worried about the exploration part. Mm. just because they haven't showed too much of it. So people are kind of like, hmm, well, why are you showing it? You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's... Mm. If it's too linear yeah, or... Yeah, uh, or they don't want to show it. Open, like, they're trying to, like, not yeah. show it because they don't want the controversy, I guess, because they've chosen to have it more linear. I'm not sure. I think it, I think it's going to be fine. To I, I don't know. It's obviously not, so like, for me... Like I, I read something that somebody somebody online was saying that they wanted it to be like crazy huge open world. I don't think it's gonna be like um Witcher 3 open world. Like I it's don't not think so it's gonna be no. big with new areas. I'm sure there are hop worlds. Yes. Yes. Like I think Like Sector 7 exactly. slums, Sector 5 slums, Sector 6 slums, hubs that you can just roam around and do side mm-hmm. quests and stuff. I think that this is what's going to happen. But in between that, main missions and stuff are probably quite linear mm-hmm. open but linear. yeah and side missions as well and, like you can decide if you want to do a side mission or you can yeah exactly. you know and then maybe partake in the mini games you know what i mean because we saw like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the squatting mini game yeah. remember how it was like it was game. day <laughs> and then it was night like there was two different versions because you could see mm-hmm. the light coming through well coming through the windows so my thought process was like you go you do side missions and then you come back and then Maybe you can do some some um, mini games to get items mm-hmm. or something, or experience more experience or sure, something, yeah. and then you go out into the world and then you do more stuff, and then and and maybe you know Seventh Heaven is like your home base, you know, where you go back and you can. Do you know what I mean? Like how like you go to sleep mm-hmm. in a game and then that regens your HP. Like, are they going to do that? Like, is there a day and night cycle? Like, is there? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's uh-huh. just. Probably not not in a uh, day and night cycle like this, but they sure have night and day, but scripted. Okay. Like you get home from the bombing mission and it's night, then you go to sleep, okay. wake up and it's uh, day again, and then maybe stuff happens and then yeah, it's night again, right. you get the side mission with a chest big scratch. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... it's uh, most of it is probably scripted. It's not that you can stand around and watch the sun go up and down. I don't think that's it. Right. Because it wouldn't really make sense in the narrative here. Well, I guess we'll find out. And not too much longer. Mm, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Four months and some change. Yep. Well, not really. Exactly four months. Mm-hmm. Today is the third already. That's crazy. Nice. Four months. Yeah, I can't even crazy. believe that. <laughs> Time I mean, it sounds like it's yeah. so far away, but it's actually not. Like four months no, is not, it's not that really bad. far away. No. We waited this long. I we can wait so four months. 
You know of what I course, mean? Of course, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Can't believe I waited so long for this. It's insane. I waited for Final Fantasy mm-hmm. 15 for like 10 years. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. All right. So now we're just talking about a little bit about um, some game delays that have been announced. So um, The Last of Us 2 has been delayed until May uh, 2020. And uh, there's been some speculation as to why uh, it's been delayed. The original date was February 21st, 2020. And now it's in May. Mm-hmm. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake is releasing in March, March the 3rd, 2020. Obviously, this there, there's been a bunch of speculation just talking about you know, just Sony approaching Naughty Dog about, you know, potentially delaying um, The Last of Us 2 because just to give Final Fantasy Remake a little bit more breathing room as they're both, they were both coming out really close to each other and they're both very, you know, they're very big games and they're AAA games and um, people are just thinking that, you know, they probably wanted to give each game a little bit more breathing room. This is one theory, but of course, uh, Neil Druckmann could be uh, lying on covering <laughs> this up, but I don't think so, For because sure. he, he did say that they they uh, n- noticed that they needed more time to get it really perfect mm-hmm. to the Naughty Dog standard, so they uh, requested for more time, or just uh, said to themselves, no, let's delay it, and then we, we get a perfect product out, instead of rushing it out. And also to uh, avoid uh, crunch. Because crunch is a really, a really big uh, point nowadays. Because when you crunch, your <laughs> yeah, the, the the fan base doesn't really take that well. Yeah, I agree with you. So, I yeah. think that um, it could have been just like a no-brainer. You know what I mean? It could have been like, well, you know, mm. we need more time to, to perfect this game and instead of rushing it out and i'm sure that they probably talked to sony about you know potentially delaying it and also it Mm. it just helped final fantasy 7 remake a little bit by doing so you know what i mean it's just kind of like a trickle down effect Mm. where it's like okay now they it's just that they were going to release so close together that people people you know might have been torn about like what game to get and i know like you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm an adult. I have a job. So, like, for me, if I want to buy the game, I'm going to buy it because I have an income. But Same, some yeah. people, you know, some they don't. don't. Exactly. Yeah. So they have to choose, you know, like, which game. Mm-hmm. And then this is going to help, I guess, um, kind of, you know, nullify that so people have more time to and, and to save up and, like, get the game and then play through it, finish exactly. the story, and then move on to something like, you know, The Last of Us 2. Also, PS5 was recently announced as well. Um, it's releasing holiday 2020. So, you know, for me, I'm just reading this stuff and I'm thinking, you know, did Sony want to kind of spread out the last, you know, of their AAA games and exclusives to kind of fill up the rest of the PS4 lifecycle? I think that this is helping um, that, you know, the PS4 um, at for the sure, end of its yeah. life cycle because there's going to be more games coming out over the duration of the next year, you know what I mean? Which is like the last year. So it gives it more time Mm -hmm. to kind of fill up. And there's some big games coming out that's going to take a long time for people to get through. So I'm sure that that was another, um, you know, thought that Sony had as well. 
that's that's surely one <laughs> one aspect yeah because uh, uh, according to Jason Schreier uh the Ghost of Tsushima was also internally oh, delayed really? because of the to- Last of Us 2 delay so that they they don't uh release too close to each other wow. so that the spreading out of of first party titles is or at least PlayStation 4 exclusive titles is surely a big factor. So going on from that too, it looks like Watch Dogs 3 Legion is delayed. It says it may be delayed. No, it is delayed. Sorry, it is delayed. Yeah, it is. But it's Cyberpunk 2077 that may be delayed. We don't know at this point. The release date for Cyberpunk is estimated to be sometime in April 2020. Um, I looked online and it says that... um, Watchdog Legion um, is the release date was actually the same day as Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was March third. <laughs> so it's actually delayed oh, yeah. oh, to boy. it says just says twenty 2020 twenty twenty one fiscal year, which begins in April. That was from Polygon, so I don't know, but it's not a PS four exclusive. So yeah, like, that's the thing. This is a yeah, this is a Ubisoft mm-hmm. game. So Ubisoft came out and said that. Um, they need to delay several of their games to get the the quality uh, up to par and make sure that they're actually ready. Because in the past, some of them, their recent games, kind of flopped, as far as I know. Uh, I I don't really remember all of them, but some some yes. of them didn't I get do, the accolades they needed. I do needed. remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably uh, one uh, aspect or one reason why they delayed most of their upcoming games to make sure that they are actually finished, polished, and then get the reviews they'd like to have or the, the score. That's mm-hmm. the gist of it, anyway. It's really hard. I mean, you know, being a game developer and then coming out mm-hmm. trying to stick to that when there's so many factors, you know, that can happen, things that can come up between when you announce the release date to, like, you're actually trying to achieve that date when you're doing the work and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you have the crunch and everything. It's just insane. Like I can't, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to um, fathom, you know what I mean? Like just the, all the work that goes into it. Yeah. And then also like just to be able to set a date to come out and just say a date, like for me, it kind of makes more sense to just like not even have a release date and just be like, just, just wait until you're at the point where you definitely can be like hey this game's coming out let's release a release date because you know it's gonna go you know gold math like Mm. go gold or whatever you know what i mean like at a certain time so when you get closer to that date i'm not sure if that's what developers did back in the day if it was more like you wait until it's almost done and then you release the release date or don't quite remember Mm. because you also have to keep in mind that the marketing that's true that's true announce it too late then That's it's true. kind of too close. Oh, it's in a month yeah. already. Uh, uh, then most of them of, of the people probably won't really buy it, or you don't have the time to actually build up to it. So, like, let's say half a year mm-hmm. before is probably the sweet spot, yeah. or, or maybe yeah. nine months before. A year is pushing it. Uh, it, it. I think it depends. But the Final Fantasy VII remake has announced March third, twenty twenty. And every single time they show something or there's anything anywhere, a billboard, a mm-hmm. trailer, a commercial, anything, it's always they prominently show the release date, like to hammer it in mm-hmm. each time. So I'm, I really, really hope they don't delay it for their own sake <laughs> because 
marketing it that mm -hmm. way and then delayed? I don't know. And that's also why I think they will keep the release mm -hmm. date. And I really hope for the uh, the dev developers don't have to too much. Yeah, I. That's my worry. I don't really see it being delayed. Um, but if it was delayed, I would be fine with it because I want them to be able to actually finish it and just, you know, release it as their complete vision the way that they want it. I don't want them to like rush it out. Sure, yeah. Even if we have to wait like two more months, I mean, what's two two months when oh, we've no already problem. waited so many years? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's literally. Then, then it would just uh, be in, in in conflict with Last of Us, Us Two again. I... But whatever. <laughs> that's so true. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, yeah I just um, I, I, I... like yeah. thinking back about think Final Fantasy Fifteen. You know, like it was delayed multiple times because it had its own set of issues, but then. You know, they really wanted more time to release the game to complete their original vision, mm -hmm. but I think that they were pushed to release the game the way that it was so they can kind of make back yep, the money that they had already sunk into development. So they were like, mm -hmm. let's make a movie, let's make DLC, let's, you know what I mean? Because yep. they weren't ready. Yep. And Tabata wanted to have the, the originally, like all four of them were playable in their own way. So they all had their own. Mm -hmm their own fighting system like do you know what i mean like their own um yeah it was planned yeah but then couldn't make it work so then they released the dlc mm. and then each individual character had their own their own ui i guess with ability yes you, you with their UI, own abilities yeah. do you know UI. what i mean with their own style of mm. separate fighting exactly because before you couldn't control Almost them it. you know you can only control yeah. them when you use their abilities but you couldn't control yeah, the, link yeah, attacks, the link attacks. You couldn't actually use them like individually in battle. But then they actually ended up patching that in. But like at the very mm -hmm. end, you know, I didn't go back to the game. I had already finished the game at that point. So I haven't even went Same back and even played it with that option to see like what it would be like to replay the game like that. But um, I'm just hoping that, you know, this doesn't happen where they're like, oh no, like you said the date, you've got to release it. And then they just like, hide everything behind a paywall or something like i would just be so disappointed um i don't think that's going to happen i think that they're on track um for now so mm, i'm sure they are we haven't heard anything though like anywhere on the internet i haven't read anything about it so like any negativity around mm, so not really, no. i'm sure that somebody would have you know found something out and shared it online yeah, and every time they ca it came out with something about the development it's they also said it's going smoothly. It, the, their uh, development goes better better than anticipated, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think the, the the change to or or the um, that they went with Unreal Engine four was the perfect mm -hmm. perfect choice because if they went with the Luminous Engine, I don't think they would be ready yet. Yeah, I I think so, so as uh, well, and just. I think all the all the um, issues, they weren't even really issues, but just things like that, I think they're just over with now. You know what I mean? Like when they had... Um, mm. Yeah, CyberConnect2. Yeah, CyberConnect2, yeah. um, you know, then they, they said thanks, you know, and took it in-house and then continued to develop it in-house. That's the, like the last thing that I heard where there was like any sort of thing like kind of happening. Mm. Not even really a negative. In the long run, definitely positive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Yeah, let's hope so. (laughs) So this pretty much concludes the end of the podcast here um, today, talking about the future of the podcast. So we're hoping to release an episode um, bi-weekly, which is every two weeks. Obviously, if there's new info released, we will basically kind of do like an on-demand type of um, episode where, you know, we'll get together and kind of talk about um, any news that comes out. But otherwise, it'll be bi-weekly because, you know, we're both super busy with our schedules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're so busy doing your YouTube analysis videos and just, um, you know, everything you're doing online um, on YouTube. And, you know, we're both on the Reddit, subreddit um, thread and posting things. And we both have careers outside of this. So this is really like a passion project too, for us yeah. up until now. But um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. For sure. So upcoming topics, I think our next episode, what we're going to be talking about is top emotional moments that we're looking forward to in the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, You had said that you had a... Subscriber and a patron of mine, yeah, that suggested this one, yeah. They wrote in and um, suggested it to you, so I think that's amazing. I think that we can definitely um, do that and then obviously talk about any news, if there's any news at that time. And then obviously, if you guys want to write in to the podcast, just for any suggestions, um, anything that you might want us to cover on the podcast at any time, uh, the podcast actually can be reached at thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, uh, it's at reunion underscore podcast. We actually have an Instagram page as well. So it's um, at the reunion podcast. We're just starting to kind of get this on the road here. So I don't have anything really posted on Instagram for now, but we will be starting to um, continually, you know, post things on our social media pages. Viz, did you want to kind of drop your social media just so people can, um, you know, if they're interested, they can look you up? Oh, for sure. So, of course, uh, my YouTube channel is uh, Cosmo Canyon Observatory. Most of you probably already know that. But I can also be reached on Twitter at CC underscore observatory. Or my personal Twitter account at Vizuga's app. I won't spell it out for you <laughs> because it's probably too too complicated. Anyway, and then I can also be found on Minds at Cosmo Canyon Observatory, one word. Or of course, also at Vizuga's app. And we also have a Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Discord link, uh, discord.gg slash E-Y-J-H-Z-B-Z. Awesome. I don't think, I'm not, although I'm not sure if it's, uh, if it's case sensitive, but it's, um, we'll try to inc- incorporate that in the description, wherever you're watching or uh, listening to this podcast, then you can just click on the link and be invited. Awesome. And the, so the name of the Discord channel is Cosmo Canyon Observatory, is that right? Of okay, course, awesome. yes. And I'm Kairosis. I can be reached at uh, on Twitter at Kairosis Gaming. Um, and we do have a Discord as well for the Reunion Podcast, and it's just called the Reunion Podcast. So you can find us on Discord. Um, write us any you know suggestions, questions you guys have, any topics that you want us to cover. And we really want to get you know the the Final Fantasy VII um, community together, and just to you know be able to share anything with you guys it's been absolutely an honor to be here with you today viz and talk about a little bit about you know our our favorite game that's coming out and we're so excited 
And um, you can catch us here again um, in two weeks for episode two, where we talk about our top emotional moments of the remake that we're looking forward to. And obviously, you can find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. So on Spotify, Apple Podcast app. And thank you so much. Bye. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>